Hello and welcome to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Dr. Adrian Peterson and produced in the studios of WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida. I'm Jeff White. This is edition NWS 596 for release on Sunday, July 26, 2020. In WaveScan today, who owns these islands? We'll go to Cambodia for a quick trip there and our Australian DX report from Bob Padula. Around our world, there are many geographic and political anomalies where international boundaries are not clear and are in dispute. These local irregularities form a topic of interest, and they make fascinating reading. Here's Ray Robinson now with Who Owns These Islands? Thanks, Jeff. For example, there is a small 20-acre uninhabited island lying in the waterways at the mouth of the Bay of Fundy, between the American state of Maine and the Canadian province of New Brunswick. This island, Micaiah Seal Island, has little political or commercial importance, though early treaties between England, Canada and the United States never satisfactorily resolved the issue of national ownership. Canada maintains a lighthouse on Micaiah Seal Island, which is manned by two men on four-week shifts as an attempted demonstration of ownership, and the United States sends its Coast Guard there occasionally as their attempted demonstration of ownership. Both Canada and the United States permit limited tourism to the island. In the year 1918, during World War I, a small detachment of United States Marines was stationed on Micaiah Seal Island as a precaution against the possibility of German submarines entering the Bay of Fundy. The Marines installed a wireless communication station on the island. These days, the Canadian Lighthouse personnel on Micaiah Seal Island use shortwave radio to communicate with Halifax Radio. Over in continental Europe, there's another interesting geographic anomaly. Situated in the Bidasoa River between France and Spain is a small uninhabited one-and-a-half-acre sandy island known in English as Pheasant Island. Each six months, the ownership of this island is switched between Spain and France. Another valueless island is located in the Bass Strait between Victoria on the Australian mainland and the island state of Tasmania. Little Boundary Islet, with all of its five acres, is little more than an unshapely cluster of rocks poking out above the ocean level, and it straddles the official boundary between the two states, Victoria and Tasmania. This unimportant island is listed simply as a nature reserve. Two other uninhabited and almost valueless islands lie in the South Pacific, and these days both Vanuatu and New Caledonia claim allegiance to both islands. The islands, both volcanic and without any fresh water, are identified as Matthew and Hunter, and they lie 43 miles apart. Each of the islands is about a quarter acre in area, and they were both discovered by English explorers, both were claimed, first by France and then by England, followed later by Vanuatu and finally by New Caledonia. In spite of the claims and counterclaims over the years, both islands are currently administered by New Caledonia under cooperation from France. 
1979, France established an automatic radio-operated weather station on one of these islands, and we'd suggest that it's probably on Matthew Island, due to the fact that Matthew is easily accessible and Hunter is not. In September 2014, two amateur radio operators from the United States and Canada conducted a three-day de-expedition on Matthew Island under the rare call sign TX4A. The only radio events associated with Hunter Island have been the normal usage of maritime radio stations aboard nearby ships. In view of the fact that this topic today in Wavescan is the final topic in the 10-part mini-series on the islands of the New Hebrides or Vanuatu in the South Pacific, let's look at some interesting items of information on other islands in this nation that we've not mentioned thus far. In the late 1800s, the early colonists in Australia experimented with the introduction of slavery, called blackbirding, and they captured some 40,000, it stated, from the New Hebrides and transported them to Queensland for slave work in the cane fields. Early Christianity was brought to these islands of Vanuatu by missionaries from England and North America beginning before the mid-1800s. The first missionaries in the New Hebrides were two Englishmen, John Williams and James Harris, and both were killed and eaten by cannibals on the island of Eromango in November 1839. In December 2009, several descendants of John and Mary Williams were welcomed to Eromango, where the Christian community conducted a reconciliation ceremony in honour of John Williams. Eromango is the fourth largest island in Vanuatu, and consideration has been given in recent times to establishing a medium wave station on that island. The population on Aniwa Island is of Polynesian ancestry, not Melanesian, as on other islands in Vanuatu. Scottish missionary John Payton translated the Bible into their language and had it printed progressively in sections around the year 1900. There's a small shortwave communication radio transmitter at the small airport on Aniwa Island. The teleradio communication transmitter on Tanna Island is installed in the Vanuatu National Bank building. In the early years of this century, a small experimental community FM station was developed here, Crest FM. In May 2019, Australian media consultant Melanie Arnost began a nine-month stay on Tanna Island in order to satisfactorily reactivate Crest FM. Previously, Melanie Arnost had served with Radio Australia with her popular on-air programme Pacific Beat. During World War II, some 2,000 Australian servicemen were stationed on Malakula Island. A few years ago, a TV relay station was installed on this island, and current plans call for a small radio studio to be installed on Malakula. The island of Pentecost has become famous for its annual ritual known as land diving, an early form of the dangerous sport known as bungee jumping. The participant must be a member of the Sa'ar language tribe. He climbs a 100-foot-tall rickety wooden tower, ties jungle vines around his ankles, and jumps upside down onto soft-sloping ground. In 1974, Queen Elizabeth II witnessed the annual event, and in 1986, Pope John Paul II also witnessed the event. Consideration has been given to the possibility of establishing a local radio broadcasting station on Pentecost Island. 
After her visit to the land diving event on Pentecost Island, Queen Elizabeth also made a visit to the southernmost large island, Anatom, on which a teleradio communication station had been recently installed. A beachfront area was named in honour of the Queen, and she also inquired the name of the small island to the south, at the southern end of Vanuatu, known as Inyeog. As a result of language misunderstandings, the Queen referred to the name of the island as Mystery Island. During World War II, American forces used this small island as an aircraft landing airstrip, which is still its purpose to this day. At the western end of Little Mystery Island, there are two small radio towers for use in communicating with aircraft and also as part of the nationwide shortwave teleradio network. Back to you, Jeff. Thank you very much, Ray. Ray Robinson at KVOH in Los Angeles. A few weeks ago, Jerry Plummer of WWCR and I concluded our coverage of the HFCC A20 Frequency Coordination Conference in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, that took place back in February. As the coronavirus situation had not yet become so serious outside of China at the time of our trip, my wife and I decided to make a quick three-night visit to Phnom Penh, Cambodia, right after the HFCC conference. It was less than a two-hour plane trip from Kuala Lumpur to Phnom Penh, so I really wanted to see the place that I had heard so much about back in the 1970s during the Vietnam War and the days of the killing fields. I was first surprised at all of the modern skyscrapers and the incredible amount of commerce and private businesses in this former communist country ruled by the vicious Pol Pot regime. But Cambodia is definitely far behind Malaysia in terms of overall development, and there is a lot of poverty compared to Malaysia. We really only had two days to do sightseeing in Phnom Penh, One day we hired a taxi to do a general city tour. We saw various wats or Buddhist temples, the Russian market, which is a large flea market, a modern shopping center, and the walkway along the Mekong River known as the Sisawath Quay, that's very popular with tourists. I found lots of Chinese-made analog shortwave receivers at the Russian market, which all seemed to cost about $15. But the most impressive stop that day was the S-21 prison, which is now the Tol Slang Genocide Museum. During the Pol Pot regime, anyone in Phnom Penh who was seen as a potential opponent to the government was thrown into this prison, subjected to unbelievable torture, and then taken to the countryside and slaughtered. Over 17,000 people were imprisoned here, and there were only 12 survivors, two of whom we had a chance to meet personally during our visit. On our second day in Phnom Penh, we decided to take a sunset dinner cruise on the Mekong River to see the city from the water. Two musicians provided entertainment, one playing a marimba-like instrument known as the gamelan, also did some monitoring that night of local radio and TV. Unfortunately, there's no more shortwave broadcasting from Cambodia. However, I did hear Radio France International in French on 88.5 MHz FM, 
and the BBC World Service in English on 100.0 megahertz. I believe these are both 24-7 relays on those frequencies. Our hotel had a very extensive cable or satellite TV service. In addition to a half dozen or so local or national TV stations, there were channels in various languages from countries including Thailand, Malaysia, Vietnam, Laos, Russia, China, France, Germany, Japan, and more. Here's an excerpt from a recording I made while watching the TV in our hotel room. And on our television here in Phnom Penh, Cambodia, we have uh, we can take a trip around the world here in a few minutes, actually, uh, starting on Channel 2, which is uh, Bloomberg Television from the United States with the latest financial news. And then we can go to uh, China Central Television, CCTV, and then to Radio Televisión Española from Spain. Next to you to NHK from Japan. Uh, channel 16, we have KBS from Korea. On 17, we have another China Central Television channel, a music channel from China. Then on to Thailand. This is Channel 3 from Thailand. It has a boxing match. And this is a Vietnam Television Channel 1. It's like some sort of soap opera. And next is RTR from Russia. In Russian. Now we're going to some Cambodian channels, local channels here, CTN. With a music show. Bayon TV, also from Cambodia. Those were just some of the many international TV stations I was able to watch in my hotel room in Phnom Penh, Cambodia. And now we go to Melbourne, Australia. Here's Bob Padula. Information from the Ionospheric Prediction Service in Sydney, New South Wales, here in Australia, advises that high-frequency propagation and in association with... Um, Solar activity continues to be at a very low level. Geomagnetic conditions were quiet in the Australian region recently and mostly quiet in the Antarctic region. Global geomagnetic activity is expected to be mostly quiet in the immediate future. Unsettled periods are possible later on in this month and will arrive at the Earth at the end of 11 July, that's July 11, due to coronal hole effects. Um, maximum usable frequencies have been mostly near monthly predicted figures to mildly enhanced levels. And moderate depressions are also observed mostly at high latitudes in the northern hemisphere. 
and mostly normal high frequency propagation conditions are expected for the short term. The indicators are the daily equivalent smooth sunspot number has dropped to zero, that's zero, nothing, no sunspots and the 10.7 solar radio flux has fallen to 67, that's 67 it says the IPS says there are no currently numbered regions sunspot regions on the visible disk of the sun and no active regions are expected to rotate onto the visible disk very soon and very low solar activity is expected for the remainder of this month so that's the story about continuing low levels of uh, sunspot activity and it just means that high frequency conditions or high frequency transmissions on long distance paths on darkness or semi-darkness routes on frequencies above about 10 megahertz will continue to be unreliable on the other hand frequencies above about 10 megahertz on daylight paths will be somewhat more satisfactory to open our broadcast this time here's some information concerning monitoring observations made here in Melbourne recently during our post-sunrise window quite good reception on the 31 and 41 metre bands 2200 to 2230 this is what we heard 9330 American Station WBCQ with programs in Russian Broadcasting via the Wolverton, England relay station. Very strong signals here. 9320. The Voice of America from Tanang in the Philippines with its morning service in Cambodian. 9420. The Voice of Greece from Athens with its international service in Greek. 9500. China National Radio Network 1. Quite good reception and on other frequencies as well in that band and 9515 China National Radio Network 2 9535 China Radio International that's the international service in Japanese from Xi'an and 9565 the American station Radio Marti broadcasting to Cuba in Spanish from the Americas 9570 another frequency for China Radio International from the Urunki Relay Station in French and 9610 a relatively unusual frequency for China National Radio Network 8 that's the internal service broadcasting in Mongolian 9625 another frequency for the Voice of America from Tanang in Chinese it's in the Philippines 9 in Victoria to open our broadcast this time here's some information concerning monitoring observations made here in Melbourne recently during our post sunrise window quite good reception on the 31 and 41 metre bands 2200 to 2230 this is what we heard 9330 American Station WBCQ with 
programs in Russian, broadcasting via the Wolverton, England, relay station. Very strong signals here. 9320. The Voice of America from Tanang in the Philippines with its morning service in Cambodian. 9420. The Voice of Greece from Athens with its international service in Greek. 9500. China National Radio Network 1. Quite good reception and on other frequencies as well in that band. And 9515. China National Radio Network 2. 9535. China Radio International. That's the international service in Japanese from Xi'an. And 9565, the American station Radio Marti, broadcasting to Cuba in Spanish from the Americas. 9570, another frequency for China Radio International from the Urunki Relay Station in French. And 9610, a relatively unusual frequency for China National Radio Network 8, that's the internal service. Broadcasting in Mongolian. 9625, another frequency for the Voice of America from Tanang in Chinese. It's in the Philippines. 9635, the Voice of Vietnam, the domestic service in local languages. 9640, China Radio International. Broadcasting in Spanish from the Kashi transmitting station. And 9665, another domestic service for China Radio National, China National Radio, this is CNR Network 5 in Chinese. 9735, an interesting service here, is the Vatican Radio broadcasting from a relay in Asia by the Tanang Philippines station with its morning programs in Chinese to Asia. 9790, Radio Romania International with English. And 9820, another frequency for China Radio National Network 2. And Network 1 is on 9830 and 9860. And 9900, Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting in Chinese. Now in the following period, that's between 2200 and 2230, the signals, signals in the 41 metre band Quite a number of signals audible here in Melbourne 7470 Radio Free Asia Broadcasting in Tibetan From the Kuwait Relay Station 9445 The BBC Broadcasting from the Tanang Philippines Relay Station In English Quite a number of international broadcasting stations in in Europe now using the IBB's facilities in the Philippines. 7410 The Vatican Radio in Chinese this time directly from Santa Maria de Galleria in the Vatican for programs in Asia. And that complements the frequency we mentioned a moment ago where it was broadcasting in the same language or same transmission from the Philippines. Nine three, I'm sorry, seven three nine five. China Radio International from Urumqi in Chinese, and the station also heard on seven three two five in Chinese from Kunming, 
Esperanto programs from China Radio International not often heard on shortwave these days I think it's one of the few stations still using Esperanto anyway 7300 broadcasting from the Kashi transmitting station and that's all the information in our program this time we hope you found the broadcast interesting and helpful for your shortwave radio monitoring just a reminder that full detail ADXR QSL cards are available by contacting this address. The URL is simply adxr.org. Give it once again, adxr.org. At that address you'll find all the details about how you may send in a reception report and you can receive a QSL card via postal mail, that's physical postal mail, or via the internet. So until our next program, this is Bob in Melbourne, Victoria, Australia, wishing you all good listening, and thanks for being with us. Goodbye for now. Thank you, Bob. I want to mention a couple of reception reports we've received recently, uh, one from Jarrett Friel of Galena, Kansas who heard us on the 41-meter band at midnight UTC. I think it was probably 7730 kilohertz from Okeechobee. He said he heard WaveScan with news about a famous DXer who passed away. A good, strong signal and sound here in Kansas. WaveScan, he says, is a great program. I always enjoy listening when I'm able to receive you fellas. Well, thank you very much, Jarrett Friel. And Alex Mayadel in Minsk, Belarus. Uh, heard us on 9510 kilohertz. I believe that's from IRRS, the Italian Radio Relay Service, and a very good SINPO rating there of 55444 on his Dagen 1103 receiver. They're in Minsk, Belarus. And we end WaveScan today with music from Cambodia. Thanks for listening to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio, researched and written in Indianapolis by Adrian Peterson. Next week, the early wireless scene in the new American state of Columbia and our Japan DX report. Several QSL cards are available for WaveScan. Send your AWR and KSDA reports for the program to the AWR address in Bangkok, Thailand, and also to the station your radio is tuned to, WRMI or WWCR or KVOH or Voice of Hope Africa, or to IRRS Italy or to the AWR relay stations that carry WaveScan. Remember, too, you can send a reception report to the DX reporters when their segment is on the air here at WaveScan, such as today's report from Australia. They will also verify with their own colorful QSL card. Return postage and an address label are always appreciated. The email address for AWR QSLs is qsl at awr.org. And the postal address for AWR QSL cards is Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, that's P-R-A-K-A-N-O-N-G, Bangkok, 10110, Thailand. Again, that's Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, Bangkok, 10110, Thailand. The email address for other correspondence to WaveScan, other than reception reports, is wavescan at awr.org.
www.wrmi.org. I'm Jeff White at WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida. Till next week, good listening, everyone. <laughs>